Welcome to another episode of the Purposed Podcast, where we help business owners in Raleigh live with intention. I'm your host, Adam Gross, joined with me, Gordon Buchanan. And today, our guest is the man you call when you want to take your business and your life to the next level. He has a long track record of developing leaders all over the country and he is the definition of success breeds success, however you define it. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome today's guest, Hiram Stratton of the Stratton Group Leadership Consultants. Good morning. How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, good morning and thank you. Appreciate the opportunity to be here this morning with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're grateful to have you. So can you, if you were to, to say one thing that you do for others in your in your life what do you feel like that result is that you give people so it comes from my passion to success breeds success um, figure out as quickly and as efficiently as I can what they view as success build a uh, set those as goals right and not just short or intermediate I'm looking more at the long term and then uh, develop the plan, and from the plan, it takes the actions, so help them with often doing uncomfortable things, because mm -hmm. we like some things, other things we feel yeah. nervous, anxious <laughs> about, right? Yeah, so uh, it'd be fair to say it's, it's leadership development, and then yeah. the vehicle you use is, is business consulting. Correct, yeah. Okay, Yeah. cool. Yep. So how did this start? How did you get involved with this? What was your background before you actually had the light bulb, like, oh, I should do this? Um, <clears throat> I would say, uh, you know, it, it takes those little moments, right, to say, hmm, why do I do this well? What sort of, why is that energy rising up in me? And I would say it was um, early on, I wasn't the smartest, I wasn't the best at whatever we do at young ages, but my classmates, you know, thinking grade school, tended to say, I want to be on his team, I want to do what he's doing, and, uh, and so that sort of started to gel. Uh, something that's a little bit of a tangent, but as a, as a uh, uh, young kid, I always say, I didn't learn this early on, but later on I come to reflect, if you're not quite sure what your course in life is, think back to what you like to do that was a little atypical from the typical boy-girl stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know, six to 10, 12 years old. For me, it was playing the board games Monopoly and Risk. <laughs> and uh, so it wasn't conquer the world, but you know, I sure. liked building and developing and winning you know, success. Winning, yep, exactly, right? So um, I had an opportunity, I grew up in Vermont, I moved to Dallas, um, and uh, was a field engineer in the technology world, and then uh, got an opportunity to move to Denver and open up that office. So in short story, it was open up that office, develop uh, a team, because I couldn't do it all myself. And um, for the first six people that I hired, I promoted to peers. They opened up other offices, mostly in the Western US. And then they became kind of my advocates when I was ready to move up the next rung, mm -hmm. moved up into the Northwest, 
um, kind of going up the chain in, uh, in uh, leadership or management. And um, then uh, I started thinking I want to at uh, some point get away from corporate America, kind of live and die on my own sword, right? Sure. <laughs> and uh, so that meant getting to uh, having my own business. And I knew the only way that I would succeed, no matter what that business was, which I didn't know at the time what it would be, is I got to learn how to sell because if I have no clients, it really doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. how fast my mousetrap is, how big or blue or whatever box my yeah. my widget comes in. And uh, so I uh, intentionally started laying that path. So I started moving over onto the sales side, moved out of large corporations, um, down to a, a small midsize, mostly in the tech consulting world, and and then uh, moved out of that. First business, what's an ex-corporate tech guy do? Decides to buy and start and build up a flooring company. Yeah, that's fitting, right? Yeah. <laughs> why, why flooring? Well, because my wife uh, is an award-winning interior designer, oh, so it's yeah, more yeah. her passion, and she and I did this together. So okay. for nine years, we built it up wow. and um and sold it off and then got to move to the place i wanted to come to a long time ago which is here in the triangle oh really cool. yeah wow so the first thing before we dive into how you moved into what you're doing now mm -hmm. how was it operating a business with it being in a relationship with your wife yeah, um, great question. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work for everybody. No, I, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, the key is you got to sort of isolate the business from the personal relationship. Now, we obviously had a very tight personal relationship being married, but, um, you know, the same thing can be said for friends or colleagues that end up doing a partnership, right? Um, because uh, somebody has to eventually be the main decision maker. Yeah. So role definition in a partnership um, is critical, I think. Mm -hmm. Did you, before you started the venture, did you de actually define that out with with your yeah, wife? Not, not well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sort of, you know, found our way through there. It's, uh, you know, it's never a straight path. <laughs> Messy, right? <laughs> yeah, it can be. Exactly. So what did, you, what did that teach you throughout that experience? So process, procedures, role definition, um, patience, support, and you know, confidence in whoever had the main decision-making mm -hmm. uh, around whatever the issue was that, you know, you don't always agree with it, but you know it won't work if you don't support that person, right? Your opportunity for success when you're sort of at odds, you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out how that's going to go. Yeah. So, um, and I think, you know, the key is you put some... Uh, milestones in place and you agree we're going at it you know full tilt in this direction if at that point we don't see you know sufficient success that that's the right answer we have to be okay with re-examining it and maybe taking recharting a different course mm -hmm. Hiram was there something when you and your wife started the the business that you wish that you might have known at the start that you learned over time for maybe mm -hmm. other people starting their own business 
Uh, uh, say the, again? So, sorry, is there yeah. something that you learned as you ran the business over the course of the time that you wish you would have known up front that maybe oh, would have been really nice to know that? <laughs> uh, I think um, one thing, acceptance that we're probably really good and have a sufficient energy and passion at a few things and everything else we're probably mediocre at best maybe don't even have the skill sets that are necessary mm -hmm. at certain points in time as your begin business begins to take hold so that's uh being okay with asking for help being okay that there's other people smarter than you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to engage with them mm -hmm. and uh, bring them in so mm -hmm. um and maybe that's internal or maybe it's external. Yeah. I, I learned long ago from uh, the former CEO of ADP. Most people know who they are. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked for them in a, a division, not the one that most people know about, for 15 years. And I had a chance to listen to him. And he says, whatever your company, your core skill sets are, do those. And do those. Always be first or second, whatever your marketplace is. Anything less than that, you got to really get on it. He said, but anything else that's outside of your core competency, outsource it. Find somebody else, higher skill set, better results, and if you look at it uh, financially, it'll be a lower cost in you. Even though that might be a big ticket when you examine it, say, on an hourly or a monthly basis, it'll, uh, if it makes any sense at all, it'll probably be a lot less costly than in the long term trying to bring that in-house yeah so do yeah. you find that when if people don't focus on what they're they're skilled at mm -hmm. and they the long-term effect is if they're not putting all their energy in that then that's mm -hmm. almost more damaging than if they're trying to, to do everything yeah yeah that's exactly right you know it sort of it's it's better to be i like to say i hope this doesn't trigger people but I prefer the rifle approach versus the shotgun approach. Rather, what do you mean? Pray and spray. Meaning, be really excellent <clears throat> um, at a few things sure. instead of mediocre to a lot. Because whatever your marketplace is, they're looking for the ones who are better at it right. than kind of mediocre. So if you become known as okay, then chances are they're not going to choose you. They'll choose somebody else that's excellent at it. Mm -hmm. Do you find with a lot of the people you work with, people are consciously aware of what they're really good at? Mm -hmm. Like, do you find that that comes naturally to people before you start working with them? Or do you have to sort of kind of guide them to realizing like, hey, this is where your focus should go and let's channel that all the way? Uh, usually not in the, I don't find it as a problem in terms of how to be a better whatever they're business core product or services mm -hmm. they're usually that's you know something was there that pushed them in that direction it's more the you know kind of dealing with people's egos per se yeah confidence vulnerability sure you know it's a lot of emotional lot of, as we like to say head trash mm -hmm. you know thinking things are a certain way when in fact they probably aren't right and um and getting that trust communications going back and forth that allows us to say, okay, um, 
you know, this is an area that I feel like you could get better at, but it's going to require doing these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. You know, probably one of the biggest analogies is, um, you know, pick your favorite uh, sport, pick your favorite, you know, theater, drama, uh, art, whatever. Anybody who you um, admire and think is top of the top, they all have coaches right? because they can all get better, mm -hmm. even though we think they're as good as it can get. And, um, you know, you use uh, Tiger Woods golf, right? Right. Nobody can see, he can't see if all of a sudden he begins to, say, fade a little bit one way or another on his drives or his fairway shots, he can't see that. It takes somebody from behind or around him or to, uh, you know, if it's a mental game that's going on, he's got all kinds of stress going on, it takes somebody to identify those things and coach them, get them back into that, you know, mm -hmm. perfect swing. <laughs> yeah, well, it, Michael Jordan said he wouldn't have won any of his championships without Phil Jackson. That's right, know? yeah. So yeah. it goes, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that too. Mm -hmm. And it's true if you if you have a blind spot how are you supposed to know right unless there's someone else who can, <laughs> can who can help so okay so we there's a lot to unpack there mm -hmm. what do you feel like let's focus on um the people listening to this they might have employees mm -hmm. so before they start working with someone like yourself mm -hmm. what can someone do to start that process of mm -hmm. helping their team you know become more aware of maybe some of that head trash. Sure, yeah. Uh, first thing that I do with uh, leaders, owners, C-suite, whatever the person's role is, is uh, ask them, you have your company goals, your mission, your vision, your plans, and how well do they know what those are? Mm -hmm. So if you went around to your group, we'll pretend they have a team of 10, you know, can you tell me, sir or ma'am, what our company vision mission is? So it's a reflection on how well are you communicating to them on what you're, where you're wanting to go with the business. But then secondly, and I think is really more importantly is, have you had that conversation with them? What is their personal mission, vision, goals in life? Mm -hmm. And you have to set the right environment. Got to be a lot of trust going on there for people to open up because uh, hopefully most people work to live instead of live to work. Sure. But so many people, I think, find themselves feeling that way, right? Mm -hmm. The latter. And so... If they don't understand what that person's personal goals are in life and being okay with examining that that pathway where their success is leading, there may be a departure between what you're able to provide for them, what you need from them to take your business in, what the business is requiring um, you and them to, to do. <clears throat> Uh, it usually sets up for that event's eventually going to happen, right? And along the way, if that person's not feeling um, part of the 
passion part of the purpose, um, then this is where you get the high percentages of employee disengagement, the great resignation, quiet quitters, yeah. all these terms we're hearing of late. So uh, the leaders really need to be uh, very approachable, being okay that they're not always going to get what they're hoping for. Right. Hoping a person into a future position can be a very um, risky venture. Right. So uh, something we do and, and uh, others like me is provide them with tools to examine person's behavioral attributes, um, where they have certain competencies, natural, it, it isn't ability or inability, it's just the way they tend to be more wired. Yeah, and, like uh, their nature. Yeah, that's exactly right. Are they open to learning and change, a little or a lot? Uh, and what is their communication and decision-making profile tendencies? So the more you know about that person um, internal, versus external um, will help you in realizing, do I have a future leader here, right. whatever the function is? Um, do I have a better, uh, a potential for a higher level engineer? Maybe it isn't a leader position, but this person could be the one who might make your next yeah. better mousetrap, right? Yeah, right. And, so would it be fair to say part of the, the art to it of leader leading employees or staff is you like create a vision that's so big that the mm -hmm. other person can fit their own personal vision mm -hmm. inside the vision that mm -hmm. you paint as a for the company would that um, be fair to say it it uh i don't know if i'd quite put it that way i would say your vision and mission needs to be whatever it is sure because if that's misaligned with what your real personal vision and mission yeah. is just like your employees examine yourself too, right? right? The business sometimes goes in directions that begins to misalign from what that person's initial yeah. intentions or desires were out of it. So <laughs> that's a good, that's a really good segue. Yeah. How do you, do you find with leaders that some of them have a hard time separating the personal vision, like their personal purpose mm -hmm. with what the, the business is set out to do? Or do you find mm -hmm. that that's aligned or do you see that like some people really can separate it. Uh, it's um, self-awareness is really important, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so for those that have high level self-awareness and really have a very crystal clear vision, mm -hmm. um, then that separation is, is easier for them to identify and then kind of figure out, do I want to, yeah, do I want to allow that new direction the business seems to be going in right. or do maybe I want to say this is as good as I want it I'm capping it here I'm keeping it closer to what my original vision was mm -hmm. so do you feel like yeah. it's important to set set parameters at the beginning so that yeah. as the business scales and gets busier people can then you know create a hard line be like it's not venturing yeah. outside this uh, well um, y yes uh, however uh, we don't have a lot of control in our lives, right? There's very little. And um, the problem with some 
tendencies for people, just kind of how we grew up, was when you set those rigid milestones, then if you don't hit those, you sense that it's defeat, right? right? I don't measure up, and then so now you've got all that kind of yeah, like thing I'm not, going I'm not on. Yeah, I'm not good enough. I failed. That's right. Demotivating, de So it yeah. needs to be a sort of a living document and re-examined on a fairly frequent basis. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a a one-year plan, it should be at least quarterly, monthly, we, maybe weekly, it. depending on what it is, right? Uh, if it's more long-term, 5, 10, 20 years, so that you've got plenty of time in between now and then that you might still ultimately hit that ultimate right. vision or goal. Yeah. So what do you... You know, a lot of people in right now, you know, can make it all or nothing, right? They go off and they'll work for 14, 16, 18 hour days, especially as business owners in America. Mm-hmm. How can they, they take advantage of the short-term goals while still mm-hmm. pursuing the long-term vision that might mm-hmm. not require as much speed? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, let me take a stab at that. And if I'm not answering what you're looking sure. for, you know, redirect me. No problem. So the 14, 16 hour days, right? Week mm-hmm. after week after week, maybe all every day. Um, that's going to lead to burnout. Mm-hmm. So I always ask them, you know, at keeping up at this pace, when do you see yourself saying, I'm done? Yeah. <laughs> I cannot. And what about your personal life, right? Right. Are you living to work or when you started this business, I hope that you included a little bit of fun out of it, right? Mm -hmm. Other things, you know, I sort of view uh, money, income as the means to achieve what I really want in life. Right. And so it isn't always about chasing the dollar. Sure. Yeah, because it's, you know, it's paper or it's a coin it's something in the cloud <laughs> we can't yeah, even right. touch like anymore number, right right yeah, yeah. who cares right mm-hmm. um so uh having that uh, work-life balance in place is necessary because otherwise sooner or later mm-hmm. something's gonna give yeah might be your health right well, yeah. If but, you well, got that, then or don't have that, then yeah. What? Well, that's what that's what you know. <laughs> yeah, people there you go, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. What happens. Yeah. Um, you know. But do you guys think that there's become a culture in America, especially business owners, where winning is the most important thing? Where yeah. you know, you, I, yeah. I agree with you 100. percent Yeah. Money is nothing but a means to an end. Mm-hmm. The end being me owning a recording studio or having a beach house or whatever it is that you think makes you happy, right? Yeah. yeah. But when you get into the, the groove of these things and sometimes, and, you know, people are very competitive. People that mm-hmm. run these businesses, they were athletes or whatever. They're very competitive. They want to win. So mm-hmm. do you get addicted to that winning when you start getting into it and start overworking? Start That's spending. a good question. Yeah. I mean, do you, yeah. think, do you see that ever? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's certain attributes of that, of people. And, uh, uh, so really it's a little bit of a choice, right? Right. We can't, I can't force anybody to do anything. They, continue to want to do I can only give them suggestions and observations from a outsider view mm. that uh, what I'm seeing you know here's probably what's going to happen I might even be able to predict when it's going to happen so you choose right but 
uh, one of the things you're hitting at, it, I don't have a problem with people that have that real intense desire to win. Uh, part of, I love to win too. And a little bit of philosophy I, that I use to drive that winner's behavior is when I win, that means my clients are winning that means that the people that they're surrounding themselves that they care about, personal or business, means they're winning too. Rising tide, all yep. ships, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, sometimes I, I have a little bit of atypical view on what selfish is. So to put a tangible thing, right? Big boat, nobody needs one. A lot of people want one. If, take for example, I want to buy a boat, nice big one. Uh, some people say, oop, that's selfish. What happens though if I'm able to achieve getting that boat? What happens if I don't get that boat? What happens to the people that build that boat and I can't buy it? Right. What happens to those people that need to support that boat, you know? Restaurants at the docks. What happened what? to the people that you work for that what that you weren't able to afford the boat? Exactly, know? right? Of, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but back to the point of, you know, working to burnout, yeah. um, that's where it goes back to it's incumbent upon leaders to get support, ask for help build the competencies within your organization or go find somebody outside that fills that roles and um, leverage it, right? Technology uh, can be one, people another, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. In the end, it takes people though. You yeah, know. right? Be careful of that. Okay. In so total immersion in technology. Oh my gosh, <laughs> well today it's, it's, it, it's almost impossible to not utilize tech. Yeah. Right? Oh, and it's absolutely necessary and uh, extremely valuable. But So what do you feel like, you know, the most important thing, like a most important action a leader can take who's listening to this right now, mm -hmm. something that's tangible that they can do with their staff to help uh, scale up or help their team go to the next level? Yeah, I would... Uh so for smaller organizations, um, and I would say this to larger, but they've kind of got a little bit more resources than the smaller ones, but for small scaling companies, um, I usually say there's four priorities you should have in your business. Number one is prospecting. You've got to be constantly thinking of your client base as a leaky bucket. Some are, no matter how good a job you do and how much they love you, some are gonna leave. Mm -hmm. So if you're not constantly pouring in the top prospective clients, the well is gonna, the bucket's gonna leak out, you're gonna have a dry well. So number one is prospecting. Nobody loves to do it. Most people dislike doing it, but you gotta do it. Number two is sell. You've got to have clients you have no clients you got no business mm -hmm. number three is service those clients um, install upgrade you know 
cross-sell, upsell, but service them and make sure that the problem, the promise that you're delivering is fulfilling their needs. You're not selling widgets or anything like that. You're taking care of a problem that they've got. Mm -hmm. Number four is manage and keep your financial house in order. Mm -hmm. The whole build it and they will come. I've done that before. It didn't work out very well. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people I know did a worse job at that than me and they're not in their business anymore. So, um, so it needs to be done that order. Now, quick pop quiz. What was number one priority? Prospecting. Right. Because what happens if you don't prospect? Well, your well dries up. Yeah. And? Yeah. And you get a leaky bucket. And you got no business, yeah, you right? Don't have a business, yeah. yeah. The rest doesn't matter. Yeah. So if you need more uh, time in your life, that would be one way. <laughs> <laughs> don't prospect. Yeah. So what do you feel like in 2022 the best ways to prospect now are? Because yeah. everyone has so many options, right? Like right here in where we are currently, where we all met, yeah. is a networking group. Yeah. Uh, other people, you know, for my business, I use social media. So I post mm -hmm. videos all the time. What do, you, what do you feel like a lot of people still cold call? You know, yeah. What do you feel like some of those tactical prospecting methods are that are proven to be really effective nowadays? Yeah. So um, so I'm going to jump back just real quickly sure. and connect the dots to what we were just talking about. How do you develop your people, right? Leverage, mm -hmm. prospect, sell, deliver and then uh, manage your house. So the people that are in your organization, you got to figure out what their role is, right, now or future, and think of it and instill the behaviors and mindsets in all those people that it's, they are their own company. They just happen to be providing their skill, right. Yeah. So instill in them whatever function or role is, Okay, how are you prospecting for doing your role? How are you selling or delivering on your role? And they all know people, right? So you asked, you know, what are the best prospecting um, relationships, right? In whatever way. Now, tech can do a lot for um, scaling, right. right? But it's in the end any kind of relationship or transaction it takes a human on each side right, right? and uh, so don't overlook the people that you know or the people that they know mm -hmm. so you know networking it's all word of mouth referrals right mm -hmm. statistically it's got the highest success rate for leading to more or sustained yeah. business well, that's great advice. I mean, that's um, that that's advice that it doesn't matter what age you're in. That'll yeah. always be there. Yeah. Right. Because it's just yeah. multiplying through people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd say two other things for leaders. Um, one is uh, process, 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 process in all functions. And then. Um, everything can be an iterative, constant reinforcement and uh, improvement, examination all the time, tracking and metrics, don't get immersed into, you know, the bane of all salespeople is a overly engineered CRM. Yeah. So <laughs> think about what you're measuring and why you're trying to get data and turn it into something useful. Right. 
Um, the other thing is visibility in your organization. Um, as a leader to the staff. Yes, especially as you get into largers and, and uh, where there's multiple layers because everybody filters, right? And nobody likes to shine on their dirty laundry. We all have areas that we can get better at. Right. Um, and so there are some real tools out there. Uh, one of my lines of business, not to sound like a commercial, but uh, people should be aware of is AI, artificial intelligence, learning Lang, um, machine language and and examining people's behaviors because it's the actions that we did take that determine the results that we get in the future. Mm -hmm. If we don't have our people doing the right things at the right time in the right ways, then our probability of success gets mitigated. Yeah. But if we've got the right tools in place that can get past the politics, mm -hmm. message filtering then uh, those, those can be huge for the leaders to say, do I think what's going on is actually going on? Right. <laughs> right. And how do I help get my people feeling like they're part of this? And if they don't want to be a part of that, let's figure that out sooner than later. <laughs> right. Because right? that cost is huge. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh well, great. You know, Herm, we appreciate your time. This was action packed yeah. and it was, uh, is really high level, which I think a lot of people will appreciate. It can, yeah. it can work in a lot of different organizations. Um, how should people contact you? Um, yeah. and how should they start working with you? Uh, so great questions easily found on LinkedIn. I'm a big LinkedIn user, mm -hmm. um, website, strattongroup.sandler.com. And, uh, office number 919-237-1524 there we go all right well we appreciate your time again thanks so much thanks a lot adam yeah. gordon appreciate it